can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. May I speak to you in the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity. Good morning, everyone, and happy Trinity Sunday. It's hard to believe that it has been over a year since I've been back at St. Matt's. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to preach the message of the gospel this morning and be back in person with you all in a few short weeks. It'll be good to be home. As many of you know, my wife and I met at Yale Divinity School. I had come to Yale after receiving an undergraduate degree in theology and teaching high school religion. So I came into my master's program with a sense of theological language that many of my fellow classmates who had never studied theology before did not have. I of course had so much left to learn but having studied theology before, I at least had a reference point for when a professor would lecture on the Trinity and discuss the difference between homoousius and homoousius. These are words that simply won't come up in your typical Sunday sermon, and I promise it's the last time you'll hear them today. My wife received her undergraduate degree in international studies in Spanish. The lens she came into seminary with was clearly different than mine. So much was new to her, especially these highfalutin theological concepts. So you can imagine her reaction when encountering this in a lecture class. Some of you might have seen this image before. It's the emblem known as the shield of the Trinity or the shield of faith. I share this early Christian attempt to visualize the Trinity because I remember Marcella's reaction after the class where she saw this for the first time. And having never studied theology before, she was infuriated. Why are they reducing the Trinity to a math equation, she asked. And when she asked that question, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I never thought of it that way. I had become so acclimated to theological language and lectures with lofty concepts that I had become complacent. So I would see an image like this one and just keep writing notes on the date that it might've been produced the theologians who likely crafted it, how it came to be used as a representation for those first few lines of the Trinity. I mean, I'm sorry, the creed. I thought I was being a good student, but I didn't actually stop to think about it. And so I begin this sermon with the four words my dad always taught me to remember in marriage. My wife is right. Across the church today, so many preachers will offer a sermon about how difficult the Trinity is to understand. But in light of my experience back in divinity school, 
I'd like to offer a different perspective. That the Trinity isn't actually that difficult to understand when we stop trying to make God into a math equation and we stop trying to comprehend that equation. Again, this sermon is coming from someone who did terribly in high school math, but I still think my wife is right. What happens when we stop thinking of the Trinity as an intellectual exercise, as something that we even have the capacity to understand? What happens when we stop turning the Trinity into a math equation? In our gospel passage for today, we encounter a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin or the court of judges. Nicodemus appears three times in John's gospel. The first is in the passage that we hear today. And the last time he is at Jesus's crucifixion. My favorite part of this exchange is when Nicodemus asks, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? I wonder if Jesus laughed while he responded, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. I think there is a connection between the question that Nicodemus asked and the question that my wife asked, between how can anyone be born after having grown old? And why are they reducing the Trinity to a math equation? Mary Daly, the philosopher that I'm writing my dissertation on, believes that all too often theological language tends to place limits on the dynamism of the divine. Our theological language tends to place limits on the dynamism of the divine. Daly thinks that when we hear the word God, we tend to have this image come to mind or as one of her theological contemporaries used to say, we tend to think of two dudes and a bird. And Mary Daly wanted us to rid our imaginations of this image of God. So she chose to speak of God as the capital V verb, the verb she wrote in whom we live and move and have our being. Mary Daly believed that when we begin to expand our image of the divine, we begin to expand. When God is no longer a static object, we are no longer a static object. If God is a verb, then we can see God in all we do and in all who we continue to become. So what if we are the answer to Nicodemus's question? What if we are reborn when we stop reducing God to a math equation and actually begin to experience the Trinity in our daily lives? When we stop intellectualizing the Trinity and begin to have an embodied experience of the triune God. I have met so many people that have told me that they outgrew the image of God from their childhood. I know this is true for me. But of course, this is the case. Our image of God needs to grow as we grow. 
And each time we have the courage to experience God in new ways in our life, we are reborn again into the mystery. My friends, I invite you all to be reborn into the mystery today. To ask yourself where and how you experience the God who is a verb. Where you experience the God who created you. The God who sustains you. And the Christ who redeems you. Amen.